Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I am your host, Dexter Kearley. Thank you for joining me. Um, it is currently a rainy Saturday night here in Amarillo, Texas. Um, it's kind of interesting. Probably, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't seen any facts, but it's probably the most rain we've had in a short amount of time uh, this season. It was crazy. Everywhere was flooded. We happened, um, my wife um, is a big Texas country fan, or she's a little person, but a big fan. And um, so Eli Young was playing at the Starlight uh, Ranch, I believe, or Starlight, I don't know, the one out of Big Texan, Old Splash. And um, so we went out there to go see Eli Young, and then the storm blows in, we had to like run to our car. It was crazy hail. I had to work our way home through the flooded streets. Uh, felt like a bit of a crazy person for being out in it, but that's Amarillo, Texas, you know? I mean, sometimes a storm, they could say, hey, it's going to storm like crazy and you barely get any rain. And then other times, uh, you're, you know, you're expecting it just to rain a little bit and it dumps. And, you know, so anyway, we're home. Now it's raining. I'm kind of glad because. I get an opportunity to record this intro to this podcast, so I've been wanting to do this for, uh, see, I guess I recorded this coming up on um, four or five days ago, so today's guest, let me cut to the chase, is uh, Malcolm Byers, he is a local art, or a local guy living here in Amarillo, he's from Amarillo, uh, spent the majority of his life, if not all of it, out in Bushland, Um but he's a street artist, which is really cool. It's kind of most people expect um, small town uh, people from Texas to to be cowboys or whatever. But he's a you know a big uh, graffiti artist. I don't know if graffiti is the right way to describe his artwork. He does these like large murals, portraits. He's also does some signs and stuff. But he he uh, considers himself a street artist. Um, but beautiful works. Uh, I highly uh, look down in the description of this episode and you will see a link to Malcolm's Instagram and I highly suggest you go and check that out. It is super dope. He's got some uh, some beautiful works of art up there and it's cool because it's uh, it's uh, ah, we talk about it a little bit in the podcast but just the uh, aspect of um, he's doing these works and people, can consume them for free so it's super cool uh super nice guy i really enjoyed talking to him i've been wanting to have him on the podcast for a long time i was kind of it's kind of creepy when you really think about it but i've been watching him through instagram for a while um just you know followed him on instagram and then you go see his posts and stuff so but he's he's done a lot of really cool stuff and i think he's just scratching the surface of his potential i think he's got um some really grand things in the future. Um, also, a quick note: I make a, a comment in this podcast where we where I refer to Mary Shelley as having not published any of her artwork when she was alive. That is a lie. I was confusing her with Emily Dickinson. So Emily Dickinson, she published uh, I think two two poems in like local papers while she was alive. But after she died, her sister um, found uh, like 1,500 poems or something like that in a dresser drawer. 
and uh, that's that's where uh, all of Emily Dickinson art came from, or all of her writings. So, in in the podcast, I'm saying Mary Shelley, but what I'm actually meaning is Emily Dickinson. That's just a little bit of a note. I uh, even in the moment, whenever I was making the reference, it didn't sound right to me. Um, but I kind of threw it out there, and so we kind of talked about it incorrectly, but. Um, so it was not Mary Shelley who I was meaning to refer to, but Emily Dickinson. So, and if, if you're looking for inspiration, like if you're uh, right on the cusp of, uh, doing something creative or pursuing something creative, check out Emily Dickinson's story because it's super inspiring and motivating to think that like one of the greatest poets, um, maybe ever, um, you know, she wasn't seeking any external validation. She was doing it all for her for herself. She was doing it for internally. So, uh, anyway, that we're we're talking about that in a certain part, and it doesn't change my point. It just I'm I miss I misspoke. I said Mary Shelley. It's actually Emily Dickinson. All of that's cleared up. My gosh, Dexter, get to the point. But I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think that you will as well. Sorry, I had to crack a beer real quick. I should have done that before I was recording, but drinking some uh, Mango Smash IPA from uh, Three Nations Brewing Company. It's pretty delicious. It's a it's a good beer. Anyway, so quick update. Um, so since the the last podcast I released, I've done Bad Magic. We set up a booth with bat uh, with Critical Mass Bomb City. It was a good time. In the give or in the uh, booth, we did a giveaway, um, and I'm just now really. I, I announced it on an Instagram live video, but a lot of people might not have seen that. Um, but the winner of the Critical Mass Bomb City shirt was uh, Stuart Rafe, and then the winner of the free T-shirt was Lucas Alvarado. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And then the winner of the hat was Drew Blood. So that was the first time I've ever done like a comp or a contest on Instagram. And um, so I'm really appreciative appreciative of everybody who uh, participated in that and tagged three friends and followed uh, me in uh, Critical Mass Bomb City. They just started a new Instagram page, and uh, Luis is doing a great job with that. They they just had their ride uh, last night. Yeah, last night, and um, they it looked like they had a pretty good turnout. I think they had 19 people, so um, that's growing, and so definitely tune into that. However, so we pulled the names um, out of the hat shortly before the rain hit at Bad Magic Music Festival. So we got rained out. There was a band of showers that were blowing in, and um, so they ended the set. I can't remember who was playing. But they, uh, you know, everybody kind of broke down their booths, tarped up, let this, like, band of rain come through. And then they announced that they were moving the event to um, Golden Light. So we relocated to the Golden Light, and Luis is a force of nature. Um, he would not let a little bit of rain deter him. So we actually set up uh, our booth in front of Golden Light and... Uh, you know, continued to try to sell some t-shirts and some hats and uh, just try to like raise awareness, I guess, you know, kind of get our name out there, you know, um, part of, I think, believing in a project and believing in yourself is wanting to get out in front of people. Uh, a lot of this podcast is uh, very solid, like solitary. 
like uh, I sit with a guest in a room, even like right now, I'm speaking into a mic in a room by myself. Um, so it's kind of, it's a solitary thing. So I was really trying, I'm trying to think of ways of making it more uh, interactive with the crowd. And so that's why we set up, you know, at Bad Magic and then set up at Golden Light. It was a good time. Um, so once we relocated to Golden Light, this is where I, I think I kind of started to make my mistake. I had a, a growler from Pondicetta. And I had it filled up with Too Fast, Too Hazy, which is a delicious beer. Um, but I haven't been drinking much. And I drank that whole thing by myself. Um, so it was uh, a lot of fun. Um, it, it was full of deliciousness and inebriation. Um, so I was standing out in front of the uh, Golden Light. And there were a couple of times where I felt like I was yelling at people. Like, um, not in an aggressive way. I wasn't aggressively, like, attacking anybody. But I just felt, like, my voice being really loud. Like, I was yelling at people. and So, um, I had a great time. I got to talk to a lot of people. I got to meet a bunch of artists that were, some artists that were performing, as well as just other people um, that I had been wanting to meet and wanting to see. And so, made some, some good connections and really enjoyed it. Um... Like I said, I got a little got a little tipsy, um, ate some tacos with uh, Hayden Pedigo and his lovely wife uh, Lahanna, and uh, also John Phillips, who's a, a cyclist and a badass like local artist. Uh, he I, I don't know exactly how to describe his work. I think it's um, mostly like portrait, but kind of like abstract portraits. It's all really cool. He does realistic or realism as well. But anyway. Uh, ate some tacos at El Bracero's. It was like if I were to pick um, a memory that would probably define Amarillo for me, or at least Sixth Street, it would be this experience. Because you know, I ate El Bracero's, I drank a PBR, uh, I drank some local beer, listened to a lot of local music. The bands all played really well. I don't. Um, they had a couple of bands up from Lubbock that were all good. It was a great event. I mean, I think it was really um, hard because nobody, like so much time and energy and effort went into like planning the Bad Magic Festival. And in some ways, the weather blowing in and having to relocate and some of those things could could be uh, viewed as like, as a, uh, it's not even a knock against... Uh, uh, the bad magic organizers because it's a it's a force of nature you can't control that but I thought everything was handled really well it was it felt seamless uh, and a ton of people had a great time it was a great event for Amarillo and I can't wait to get another booth at bad magic next year so the rain doesn't scare us doesn't scare me and we will we will try to set up another booth next year because it was a great event had a great time um, sold a couple of hats sold a couple of t-shirts um, all in all, it was a powerful afternoon, um, and uh, look forward to it next year. So, anyway, that's the update on Bad Magic. So, I've got a few announcements for this coming month. Um, I'm wanting to plan some more group runs. If anybody's interested in that, kind of start reaching out to me. Um, I'm planning it with one of my buddies, Matt, and uh, we didn't do a very good job of promoting this last one. And it ended up just being me and Matt. 
which was actually pretty fun. I, I really enjoyed just running with Matt. So uh, even if it just ends up being us two every time, I'm still going to plan it and I'll still throw it out to you. Um, I'm trying to give people excuses, an excuse to run. Hey, if you're thinking about running, if you want to run, this is an excuse. We're going to drink some beers. We're going to run some miles. We're going to have some laughs. It's going to be a good time. Um, check my website. I have an events tab. And a lot of these things that I'm announcing on here, I will be posting in the events tab on my website. So, um, of course, Critical Mass Bomb City happening next month, June 28th at 7 o'clock. It's leaving out from Golden Light. Um, I've actually had to work the past, I think, three Critical Masses. So this one I'm off for and I'm planning on being there. So June 28th at 7 o'clock. This is a really fun event. It, uh, it's there to promote uh, cyclist culture, you know, bicycle culture, as well as uh, try to help raise awareness of uh, bicycling being a, a valid option to, to commute around town. So, mm, ah, delicious. June 28th, 7 o'clock, Golden Light, Critical Mass Bomb City. Be sure to wear a helmet. Be sure to have some lights on your bike. Let's be safe out there, people. Next, Shake Hands Amarillo this month is at 575 Pizzeria. It's uh, This is a little bit of a different format than they're used to. We're going to be playing from 3 in the afternoon till 8 in the evening. Um, this is a Beastie Boys themed one. So if you're a Beastie Boys fan, Jeff always brings the heat with his playlists. It will be deep. It will be deep tracks. It won't just be the surface. He's gonna he's gonna reach in and grab the soul of the Beastie Boys and shove it in your face. So I hope you're there to have some Beastie Boys shoved in your face. Five seventy five. Um, did I say the date yet? I don't think I have. June thirtieth. It's a Sunday. Let me double check that. June thirtieth. It is confirmed with the planner. So. Hopefully you can come out and check that out. It's super, It it's always fun. Shake Hands is always fun. Um, it's a great group of dudes. Bring your game face because there are some like, some heaters in this group. Some, some straight up man-eating humans in this group. They'll, uh, I played, so I, I feel like I'm, um, I'm an upper B-level player um, to lower A-level player. And uh, this last tournament, I was I was up in that A group, and I got smashed, man. The professor got me, and uh, Seth Wick got me, um, and I, I think Seth Wick actually beat me left-handed. He told me afterwards, and uh, you know, there's a little bit of a kick in the nuts, but sometimes that's good for you. You know, it's good for you to to be uh, ushered into humility whether you like it or not you know so put yourself in positions that that uh that your ass can be handed to you you know you learn from those you gain you know i'm gonna come back a stronger pong player from that defeat so uh yep june 30th we got june 28th for the critical mass there's a lot of other stuff going on in in and around the amarillo area Check it out. Get involved. Summer is the time in uh, Amarillo. There's a lot of events going on. Like They just started up the community market. Um, those were Saturday mornings, and that's super cool. Um, so 
anyway that's enough of the announcement so uh to throw this out there i still have i've got shirts in and i've got hats in if you haven't seen those hop over to my instagram page um the hats are the same as the they've always been the same hats that i'm selling uh i've got mediums larges and extra larges um both a easy 20 spot it's just 20 bucks and you can be uh repping the brand that will be credited in saving the world by the technocratic archaeologists of the distant future i know that doesn't quite make sense but if it doesn't make sense then you haven't listened to my podcast enough and you really need to get back you need to go back episodes and you need to uh, dig in deep because that is explained that that little phrase Okay, so buy a shirt, buy a hat if you want to. They're available. So give me a follow on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook, Panhandle Primate Podcast page. Um, You can support me on Patreon, but I would rather you buy a shirt or a hat because Patreon I haven't quite figured out yet and I haven't put a lot of effort into. But if you buy a shirt or a hat, It means more to me because then you're actually putting the name out there. You're getting it in front of people and uh, and it's something that you want to put on your body, which uh, is meaningful. That's meaningful to me. So if you're wanting to support me, just buy a shirt or a hat. That would be the main thing. So all of that to say, all right, we're about to get into this about to get into this episode. Uh, Like I said, I really enjoyed this conversation. Malcolm's a cool dude. He's just got like a good air about him, you know. Like he's just got a like a good feel. Like oh, oh, oh. it'd be called an aura. He's got a good aura about him. So uh, really enjoyed this conversation, and I think you will enjoy it as well. I'm gonna play you into that conversation with uh, one of my favorite tunes. This is "One Big Holiday" by My Morning Jacket. Um, This is off of their album, It Still Moves. Hopefully you enjoy this, and uh, until next time, take care of yourself and take care of those you love. And and I guess take care of those that you don't love, because we're technically all in this shit together, and we're not going to make it out unless we uh, do some things that we don't really want to do. And sometimes you don't want to love people. You got to love people. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your support. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're supporting, and I really appreciate it. Like I, um, it's hard because sometimes it's difficult for me to express my thanks for just just listening. That's all you have to do, and uh, it's meaningful. So, thank you again, and uh, until next time, peace.
And then podcasting, I've always loved listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. and I can talk to a brick wall, you know, <laughs> um, which I might have been doing on Sixth Street the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the end of it, dude. I, oh, I was yeah, I had to go prematurely. <laughs> I got that dang growler from uh, from Pondicetta, yeah, and I filled it up with the too fast, too hazy. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I've kind of become a lightweight because I'm. Dad mode, you yeah, know, yeah, like working all the time. And Shannon's pregnant, so she drinks. She likes to, yeah. she likes beer and stuff, but she's not drinking right now. Yeah. So, so I haven't been drinking much. So I got that growler thinking all day. Yeah, <laughs> like I'll be sipping on this thing all day. We'll yeah, at a music festival. Well, then, like in all the mayhem, it turned out that like I drank like a beer at Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think I drank anymore until we got to Golden Light. And yeah. then I hammered the rest of that growler. So before I knew it, I was like, I was getting emotional. You know, it was like, <laughs> I got to get out of this place, dude. I'm getting too emotional. Yeah. It goes, I just started way too early. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so did your brother, was your brother running a booth? Were y'all running he a booth? He was, um, he kind of kind of got met, like, uh, didn't work out, obviously, with like, the rain. Mm-hmm. And, uh. He wasn't going to go on to like three or four because like the first DJ was doing like the first half of it. So your brother's a DJ? Yeah. Wait, what? Which one? Um, he goes by, I guess he changes his name every time, but he went by DJ Cut Paste. Okay. See, I was actually kind of frustrated by that a little yeah. bit because before before the event, I was trying to, to do stuff like promotional stuff mm-hmm. and I wanted to like feature some people from yeah. the event. So like... I couldn't find any of the DJs. Oh, really? I mean, I guess I looked on Instagram, maybe. Yeah. But I just couldn't. It was like, who are y'all? Yeah. Like, I don't know who y'all are. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> DJs are just too cool for you. Yeah, it was just, the name. Yeah, I was like, come on, guys. The whole point of a nomenclature is so that I can associate you with you. you yeah. Know? But I was trying to find different stuff to play of people's, you know, music and feature them and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's cool. So, so what other names has he gone by? Uh, Mantis Ritual. Did okay. You hear that one? No. That and um, he'll go by Frank. His name's Frank. Mm. Frank Byers. Mm, mm. So okay, so I think I've seen him on Instagram, yeah. like in association with yeah. you. So, um, but, which yeah, that's kind of. Uh, I guess we can just jump in. You feeling good? You feeling loose? Yeah. Thank you. Feeling feel relaxed. Awesome. Calm and everything. All right, cool. <laughs> um, so this is the Panel Primate Podcast. I'm here with my Malcolm Byers. Almost butchered your name i don't know what i almost said there the only way i could pronounce that is malcolm but um so give like a quick like uh context to who you are like if somebody has no clue at all who you are Um, like what would you how would you maybe like a what would your three minute pitch be i would probably just say street artist Mm. that's usually uh how people associate me with um yeah, just street artist, uh, artist, sign painter. Sign? Yeah. Yeah, because you did um, Lit, right? Yes, the, the, the arcade bar. Arcade bar downtown? Yes. How, like, how is doing projects like that? Do you find them fulfilling? Yeah, totally. Yeah? Um, sign painting is a lot of fun. Um, I just kind of started doing that. Um not as long as I've been doing just the murals. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of came with... I remember I had like just a couple um, murals I was doing had like a little bit of text in it. Mm-hmm. And I just got... 
I, I kind of started like getting better with my fonts and stuff. Damn. So I really do like like nowadays. I love a job that's just like text. Mm. Like it's just fun. That's one of the things that is uh, kind of interesting about saying like you're a painter. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean? Yeah. Totally. You know, because you paint faces. You paint. Uh, I saw. I was looking through your Instagram, and you have like a, a inside of a garage door that you painted like yeah. an ocean sunset. Yeah. So you're doing landscapes, you're doing all these different stuff, mm-hmm. but then like fonts, you don't think like okay, maybe you can do a face, but as a font and a face, they're very different yeah. styles, different uh-huh. techniques, and everything. Yeah. So like when you say, "Well, I'm a painter," mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, damn," you know, like that's a pretty vast. Yeah. Like definitely. it encompasses a lot of different. Yeah. Modalities, maybe. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think painter's the best way to grab it all. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I don't even like saying like artist. Like it's like there's so many. That's a really like blanketed term in itself. Mm. I think painter's like a better descriptor. Mm. But um. So how did you get into like drawing, art, um, depicting? I. I have a couple artists in my family, and whenever we were kids, I'd draw a lot with, like, my mom and um, my siblings would like to draw. Mm. Um, my grandfather drew a lot, but uh, it wasn't really to like, high school, where I started really getting into drawing from my older brother, Henry. He would draw faces and stuff, mm. and he was really good right out of the gate, and I just kind of started... Doing, I would use like his old reference pictures that he was done with, and then I would like try it because I don't know everybody liked his drawing. So now you're like looking up to him this whole time. Yeah. So pretty much everything you're doing, you're comparing it to what he did, and yeah. you're thinking, "Yeah, I'm not that good." Yeah, definitely. Even if somebody comes up to you and says, "Dude, you're amazing. You're a great artist," you're <laughs> yeah. saying, "I'm not that good." Yeah. I got a different reference, you know. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, man. Totally. So it runs in the family. Yes. Nice. I, I mean, I would say I don't know. I have a my great aunt is was was a oil painter from Lowell, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, and it was just like a lot of traditional oil paintings. And if you go out to my dad's house in Bushland, you'll they're like the, all the walls are covered with, you know, her hundred year old paintings, mm. and um, it's really good. Damn, hundred year old paintings. Yeah, she wow. showed a lot of like the Whistler house. It's in, um, it's near Lowell, Massachusetts, but it's like a pretty, pretty historic, like, uh, drawing academy slash, like, I don't know what they do with it. Mm. I've never been, but. Yeah. Damn, dude, that's crazy. So, um, so pretty, pretty early on, do you feel like you were, like, had external confirmation that you had a talent for art? Um, I mean, I was always, like, quote unquote, like good Uh, I don't know like I don't like I just I remember drawing faces and um I don't I picked it up really fast so this is one of my things I was thinking about this earlier like um if you were to draw the inside of an like an engine you know Mm -hmm. like you pop the hood and you're drawing an engine yeah most people would look at it and just a quick glance they'd say oh that's an engine yeah you know and they're not going to get too deep. Mm-hmm. You might have a couple of like mechanics that start looking and they're like, oh, well, this is that. And this yeah. Is that. Oh, he fucked up. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to have the carburetor on the other side. Yeah. Or no, you know, I mean, something. They might be able to see something in it. Yeah. But the interesting thing with faces 
is everybody. That's like a superhero power, you know? You hear all the time people say, uh, I'm not very good with names, but I'm good with faces, yeah. right? We recognize faces. Mm-hmm. So if something's just a little off, if an eye is just a little twisted, yeah, totally. if the nose is just a little mm-hmm. crooked or something, everybody picks up on that. Yeah. So it's always interesting to me that that's like, um, like that there are artists that gravitate towards faces. Mm-hmm. And not only faces, but now you're blowing these faces up. Yeah. You know? So it's like different because if you're doing a small face, then, you know, yeah. you can hide some mistakes. Yeah. But when you're blowing it up and you're putting it on the side of a building, mm-hmm. you know? So do you ever have any like anxiety associated with drawing faces? Uh, not really. Like, I've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is like it's just really good. Like, some references aren't good at all and they're just really flat. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll be worried if like I could. You know, even if it is lined up how it's supposed to be, it's not really going to be popping. Yeah, it's not going to really hold a lot of weight. Yeah. How did how did you realize that you could do, like, large pieces? Um, I just did it one day. Like, honestly, um, I've always, like, thought about doing... Because I was just drawing portraits, like, pencil on paper um, for, a, for a while. And then... Um, there's a couple artists on online that I would look at, and they would be doing like these huge murals, and it was um, just super crazy to me. And I remember like I was work, working at the cleaners, the dry cleaners, and like before work, one day I just went down to that like Medi Park. It's called like Hobo Hills. That like mm. that was like the only spot I knew where you oh, could yeah, paint. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had a I got a reference and like planned it all out, and then went to the Home Depot and just tried it what I'm trying to say I just like tried it and it was I was just amazed how like fast and easy it was honestly so it just felt it felt natural yeah like it, it there wasn't necessarily like this huge learning curve associated I mean there was it was slow and like like um each one I do I would learn like a ton like mm. okay okay like yeah but it was um I just kind of picked it up so did you have any like formal formal training or is this all like self-taught or it's, just experimental kind of stuff yeah it's it's all like self-taught i mean i went to um all the like the murals and like sign paint that's all 100 percent self-taught like even my brother didn't do that like it was mm. i learned from him to draw and then um i just kept going with it and then i went to um Emerald College, and I had I took like a couple drawing classes there, but they were like entry level drawing. I didn't mm-hmm. really get a lot from them. And then I went to the University of North Texas in Denton, uh-huh. and um, I did two semester. I did uh, two semesters of figure drawing, and um, the f- uh, second semester was I learned a lot from uh, this artist and professor. His name's Christian Fagerland, and um, Doing, like, a figure drawing class with him. It was all from life and, you know, just, like, three-hour lab mm. drawing. And, like, I, I learned a lot from him in just that short semester. Mm. So I always I always feel like I can't quite say I'm self-taught just because I would feel bad. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, you want to give credit have, to where credit yeah, is, is due for definitely. sure. But, I mean, with the, the mural painting, I that was all, like, he didn't, that wasn't part of the class. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that was all me, like, just. Um, trial and error. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and just kind of looking at other artists, you know, kind of like see if I can try to see how they do it a so little bit. So that's one of the things that's so interesting to me about like uh, kind of starting with my generation, 
But I think, because how old are you now? I'm 22. 22. So definitely picking up by by your age of having this resource of the internet mm-hmm. to where yeah. you can be sitting in Bushland, Texas. Yes. Isolated, right? Maybe not necessarily an art mecca, mm-hmm. you know, not like exploding with, uh, you know, getting pats on the back or whatever. Yeah. But... Since you have access to the internet, yes. you're able to get inspiration, absolutely, and uh, also like follow people mm-hmm. and and be able to say like almost almost like a guy is your mentor without him even knowing exactly. anything about you. You yeah, know, yeah, that's that's so true. Like actually, like bringing it back to like whenever I started, like my first girl is I followed this artist Drew Merritt. He's um, from Clovis, New Mexico. Mm. He used to actually live in Amarillo a brief time, a, long, a while ago. I'm not quite sure when. And then he went off to uh, Los Angeles. And mm. he's um, like a pretty, pretty well-known uh, street artist. And he does murals all over the world. And um, he lived in Amarillo. And like, I didn't know him. And then I would... Um, I would have my like pencil drawings, and some people around town would see them, and they would always be like, "Reminds reminds me of uh, Drew Merritt. He used to live here." Uh, and then after a while, I'm like, "Who the hell is Drew Merritt?" And I looked him up online. And I was like, "Damn, that's that's badass!" Like he was yeah. doing the big murals, and um, he was the. And I kept looking at him, and I'm like, "You know, what? I'm going to try this." Whoa. And then that's kind of how I tried it. So I mean, him and like as well as like other artists at this point, like I'm constantly. Like, just like you said. Dude, that is so weird, though, that, like, people, people without, I mean, they associate you with something that then you end up being good at. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Drew, this looks like Drew Merritt. So then you go and look up Drew Merritt. He inspires you to do murals. And you happen to be good at murals. You know, like, it's kind of like a, that's like a weird. Yeah. And that multiple people were saying it to you. Yeah. Like, that's, uh, it's kind of a. Almost like mystical in a sense, you know. Yeah. Like that's what I—that's what I like about, um, well, any form of art. But one of the things that really mesmerizes me about like two D art mm-hmm. is that it's—it's it's, there's nothing there. It's a flat surface, yeah. and then something is brought out of it, <laughs> yeah. and then it makes me see something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really just a bunch of lines connecting and and moving. Yeah. You know, but then I see a face. Yeah. So it's kind of like a cool interaction between the creator and then the, mm-hmm. I guess, the consumer, you yeah. know, in like a strange way. I don't know. It's kind of a crazy thing. But um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about like developing the craft. Yeah. So you said your first mural, you were working at a dry cleaner. Yes. So it was like your your side hobby kind yeah. of a thing something yes. you're good at but it's a hobby mm-hmm. now is it professional full-time um, i mean i'm full-time right now um which doesn't mean like i'm like made like there's a lot of times where i like don't make mm-hmm. uh, you know it's like shit i gotta probably get a job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know uh but uh it's it, it works out and um well i guess i guess one of the questions i was gonna have is how did you decide that this is going to be what you go all in on. Oh, um, pretty early on. Like, even before I graduated high school, I was, like, probably, I was like, I don't want to do anything else. Mm. And, like, with me, if I don't want to do something, it's not going to happen. Like, I don't do it. So it was like, I mean, I always wanted to, um, like, do art professionally. But um, 
Oh, that's still a huge way to go to that point. I'm like not even there. Oh, so. dude, you're 22 years old. Yeah, duh. <laughs> you know, like and that, that's one of the things that's so cool about art is even if people are saying you are there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at your Instagram and I see it. and I'm like, wow, he's there. <laughs> you're gonna be at 32. Yeah, pushing the envelope. At mm-hmm. 42, pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. At 52, pushing the envelope. Yeah, to where. What I say is making it is not what you say is making mm-hmm. it. And that, that's what separates you and allows you to be uh, stepping into like a professional role yeah. at it, you know? And that's, you know, to me, even whenever I wrote that question down, it seemed a little um, uh, contrived in a sense because to me, it seemed like the answer was, well, he's good at, he's good at it. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you decide to go professional at something? Well, I'm good at it, yeah. you know. But it's like uh, for me, I've got a bunch of different stuff that I'm like semi good. I've never been good at anything. I've never been like really good at anything, you know. <laughs> well, I'm good at talking shit, you know. But um, but it's like it's like I've never had anything that it's just like that's my thing, yeah. you know. And I'm always jealous of people whenever I see that. Like I had a couple of musician friends whenever I was growing up, and it was like. That's their thing. Yeah. Now they're not really pursuing it now. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was like, that is their thing. Yeah. Like, that is just what they're just naturally just given, mm-hmm. you know? It's kind of a beautiful thing, a beautiful aspect of the human species, I feel yeah. like, is that we're just endowed with a, with a, a drive to do something that is yeah. actually kind of pointless yeah. in, like, a practical sense, you yeah. know? Like, that that's beautiful in, mm-hmm. in a way. But, um... Uh, let's see here. So, perfect the hobby transferred into a profession, mm-hmm. which is cool. I mean, that's the thing is, um, do you, okay, another thing, whenever I was scrolling through your Instagram, it seemed like a lot of the murals you do are outside of Amarillo. Yes. So, are people finding you on Instagram, hitting you up and saying, hey, come here, or are um, you, like, having to hustle and go find these commissions? Um, sometimes, like, I, when I was living in Denton, like, going mm-hmm. to school, um... I kind of got involved in Dallas or even like Denton. I was doing some murals in Denton and people would come to me after a while. Like I did like, it just takes like one wall that's visible. Oh yeah. And that's the thing I love about street art. It's just like, it just builds off itself, advertises itself. Yeah. So I was having people reach out to me and then, um, then I started painting in Deep Ellum. It's like a neighborhood in Dallas. Yeah. I've seen uh, a lot of those. Yeah, I got invited to the, they do like a 42 mural project there every year and they select like artists and I just got like an email and um, sent in my like uh, application for it and then I was like approved and um, that was a really fun mural. And then after that I was getting um, a lot of work around the DFW area. Mm -hmm. I got called to do this project in Irving and then um, more in Deep Ellum. it just builds off itself, but uh, I was pretty busy, and it's uh, I was getting a lot more murals in Dallas, so that's kind of why, like, I guess more of my work is there mm-hmm. compared to Amarillo. Right. Um, so, what is the difference between practice and performing for you, um, or is there a, or is there a difference? I guess practicing would be, you know, just sketching and. Performing is definitely like the street, I like the yeah. painting because it's like it's really it's interactive and it's kind of like a public thing. Yeah, that's it was cool because like as I was flipping through, most of your pictures are stills, 
Yeah. And then there was like this one, like kind of down there where I guess maybe it was like a passerby started filming. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of cool. And it was funny because as soon as you saw the camera, you like dipped out of the frame, yeah. you know? But that's what I was thinking. is like, man, it is like, that is a, you have the option of performing in a studio. Yeah. Behind closed doors, by yourself, do your own thing. Mm-hmm. But instead you choose to be out on the street. Yeah. Where anybody can see you. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's kind of an interesting aspect of, I mean, if you mess up, there's people there watching you yeah. mess up. If if you do great, there's people watching, you know, mm-hmm. there's people maybe talking to you or asking you questions or whatever. It's very interactive. It's yeah. a way to change something that's throughout history been like a solitary pursuit, yeah. you know, like by yourself. I guess that's the whole street art movement, yeah. you know, is like more interactive, more... Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like, even like drawing, like when I'm drawing, I don't like particularly like people walking by and mm. like, like at all, but mm. like just, just the street art is different. Yeah. And like, it really is like, that was definitely the first thing I noticed when I was, uh, started to do it is like, wow, this is like, um, really interactive mm-hmm. with people. Like there's so many different kinds of people like Ooh. coming up to you saying like, weird like all different kinds yeah, of stuff yeah. and it's just like even like your body is like involved with the you're moving around up and down a oh, ladder yeah, like that yeah. that's a cool aspect of it versus like you know hunched over drawing oh yeah yeah, yeah. kind of get you up get yeah. you out of your chair a little yeah, bit it's a that's lot of cool fun. dang so is it pretty physical like after mm-hmm. you after you get done with a piece are you like sore from it oh definitely yeah like just i saw you leaning off some ladders and a couple like yeah and it was i was like man that uh Looks sketchy. Have you had any <laughs> yeah. falls? Uh, no. No? Never nice. Had Good ladder placement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really comfortable on a ladder. Um, I don't know. I, but it is, it's exhausting, like, yeah. going up and down, moving the ladder wherever you need to, like, paint on, getting all of, like, your paint materials, and and then, like, the sun will get you. Like, oh. I've, like, yeah, I've definitely, like, painted some <laughs> stuff and just, like, died at the end of the day. <laughs> It's so funny, man. Like it, it's the, like uh, I've been building fence with my cousin, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so simple. You're not carrying heavy, you know, like nothing super heavy at any point in time, and but it just wears you down. Yeah. And the biggest adversary is the sun. If you're yeah. not paying attention to that bitch, it will kill you. It will fry yeah. you. You know. Yeah. Just like subtly, like a, what do they call it? Like a death uh, through needles or whatever. You know. Oh like yeah. Just you to death. <laughs> yeah. It'll, yeah, it'll get you, man, for sure. Definitely. So, um, do you have a difference between like commissioned works and passion projects? Yes, um, definitely. Um, I mean, commission is whatever you're told to draw, right? You know, uh, and um, you know, passion projects is those are a lot better because it's like something I want to do. I'm like super, like have a big drive to do it. Yeah, and they usually come out better and. My family just got home, so pardon the background noise. Um, I was gonna say, do you ever just see walls and say, "Man, I want to like I, I got an idea for yeah, something in that totally. spot." Yeah. I'm do always, you ever approach um, definitely like businesses and yeah, stuff? I've done that several times. How how uh, receptive are they? Um, like it just depends. I mean, usually it's just kind of like what, like you know, let me spray paint on your wall. Mm-hmm. Like it's never a good look but uh i remember in denton like the first wall i did it was like right on fry street and it's like a really cool like square wall and i'm like 
I'm always looking at walls like that. It looks like a cool wall. Mm-hmm. But um, it was like this print shop. And then it was like owned by this like old man and his wife and their dog. <laughs> so like they were kind of hard to, like they, they said no at first. Like um, I just go in there and kind of like um, have a way of like asking and, you know, I don't do that all the time, you know, because it's like, that's out of my pocket for like mm-hmm. material. I'm not getting paid. Right, right. But I just really wanted to do it. And then mm-hmm. I ended up like, they're like, I can, I left and said like, I'll bring back some of my work to show you. They're like, all right, I guess. And then like, I printed out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, all right, I guess. You can well, and that, yeah, they see like, okay, this isn't just some joker like coming up trying to, trying <laughs> to paint like his gang sign on the <laughs> building, you know? Yeah. What 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 you end up doing there? What was your? It's just like a fake. I actually ended up like I look back at it now. I don't really like it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, it was just a face, and um, and I just moved to Denton, and I kind of wanted to like kind of dip my toes into like mm. the or just try to get some work. So right, like that, right. And then just a lot, and that's the thing with it's like it just takes one with like street art, and then like you know hundreds of people are seeing that every mm-hmm. day, like driving. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I just did like a face. I'm glad I did it because I actually ended up getting the LSA mural project. It's like this restaurant in Denton that does the does like a mural project every year. But mm-hmm. like just because of that, I got that. Mm-hmm. It's just like cool. And then from that, I got like another one in Dallas. Like nice. It's just like snowballs. Yeah, it kind of builds. Yeah. One. Well, that's the the hard thing about it would be putting yourself out there because mm-hmm. I know a lot of artists and a lot of talented people who don't try because they're afraid wow that's that's a busy corner yeah with a lot of exposure and a lot of people are gonna see that <laughs> yeah and and it's what if i mess up more so what then what if i do good yeah you i know? definitely make sure my plan is pretty solid before right. i would do something. how do you plan a piece like that out um i just it comes down to like um I don't know. I just kind of like think of elements I want to include into a mural. And then from that, I, I always work from like, um, you know, photograph or I, I take my own photographs or get some like from another, like somebody else. Mm-hmm. But uh, it comes down to like photograph and different photograph. Like I was saying earlier, like some are like, um, you know, flat, and, but some of them are like really dynamic looking. Mm. And that's kind of what I go with. Just something that like I know would render well with spray paint and then from there I kind of like um, do some more like designing on it on my iPad that's usually what I oh, use okay so and then I don't know whenever I get get it to where I like it that's what I recommend like, alright this is it I'm yeah put it up there and it'll always change a little bit once it gets to the wall like as I'm going yeah kind of just naturally has to adapt a little bit yeah or, yeah hmm have you ever like gotten to a spot where you're like okay i need to do this mm-hmm. and it just doesn't happen um like what do you mean <sighs> How yeah. do I, I don't exactly know like here's what i always imagine you know like you put like some like some flare or some shit out you know some like um some like a contour yeah. or something and you're just like you know you're trying to hit it uh-huh. and it's just like it just does not it's not yeah you know it does like um Painting small is, like, my fear. Like, especially with street art, like, a small wall is way harder than a big one. Mm. Like, it's so much easier going huge because you have, like, all the room for 
details. You can just pack it full of stuff. Mm. But I've definitely had that issue with like the walls really small, and I'm like, shit, I didn't know it was this small. And like, especially with the can, like it takes a lot of you know fine marks to get it mm-hmm. like that small. And I've definitely had that like crap. This isn't this isn't happening. Right. Like I was just in Phoenix, like. Um, uh, before the end, of, I think it was like January or something. I don't know, but um, I was painting um, at this like graffiti shop, and my uh, my buddy I was with like bought my paint because he really wanted me to like paint something, and I was like, all right, cool, and I kind of planned my composition, and then we get there like the wall I was working with was really small, and then um, you know doing that it's kind of just a feeling of like shit, this is gonna not this is yeah. gonna like <laughs> Yeah, it's a bad feeling. Yeah, but you just gotta, you just gotta do it. I mean, you're there. So. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you're kind of well, and that's what you're there. Like that's what you do. Cause you're an artist. You know, you gotta, you gotta do it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, I always hated that man. That was whenever I was uh, in high school. I wrestled, and I always had really bad performance anxiety. Yeah. In the in the wrestling room practice, I was always good. I could roll with like state champions if we were in the, the practice room mm-hmm. but then the second i got out on the mat or you know when it was like time oh, no. to do it yeah i always had that that i could just not always i mean i won some matches and stuff but there was always just this feeling i was like it's slipping away yeah it's yeah. slipping away man i was right there this is what i came to do and it's slipping away yeah, i do get i mean i guess everyone's like that in some sense um like in uh, Austin, they would do like there's this place called Castle Hill. It's like it's like it doesn't exist anymore, actually, unfortunately. But it's like um, the graffiti park mm. in Austin. And uh, my brother went to school in Austin, so I'd drive down there and I would paint there. And then one time I painted, I met this guy who kind of like manages the wall and like up like upkeeps it mm. and like knows the other artists that like the local. Um, artists who paint there regularly but i was invited to a paint day and it's like every once in a while they would have a paint day where they like they shut down the park to the public i mean you can go out there but you can't paint Mm -hmm. and they'll cover all the walls like buff them like just a plain color and then like let like usually like 15 to 20 artists Mm -hmm. have their own wall but um i was always always meant a whole lot to me to like get out there so i don't like how to plan something buy all the paint for it, be, like, super careful, and then drive, like, all my own money and drive to Austin, like, I didn't, you know, didn't have a lot of money, so mm-hmm. it's, like, that kind of got, that's when it was really, like, you got one shot, and then I, oh. I have one day to paint it, too, so, like, I would get out there in the morning as early as I could, and I would just have that same, like, shit, like, this is it, you have to <laughs> <laughs> stretch a little bit, yeah, yeah is that the Andre 3000 mm-hmm. piece you did? Yeah, that yeah, dope. I did that for the south by southwest they had like a spot out there where they were selling stuff and there was like a paint day nice yeah that was a lot of fun that yeah. was one of my favorite yeah that's stuff. that's dope dude i uh whenever i was like scrolling through that was one of the pieces that like jumped out at me i was like oh shit that's perfect that like <laughs> looks really good that you was know? a lot of fun yeah and it was like i'm just andre like south by southwest like mm-hmm. music really mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this would be perfect and yeah. I, I was like saving that image for so long yeah. I was, like, it's time. <laughs> it's so, time. that's <laughs> awesome dude um 
Well, dang, you know, we're actually 33 minutes into this thing already. Oh, wow. I haven't even made it a dent into my uh, notes here, which is not a big deal. Okay. Like, these are like rough notes, you yeah. know? It's not going to have to happen. So, um, do you feel like when you're drawing, it's an expression of inspiration or an expression of technique? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, definitely both. Like, um... I'll do something for the expression that'll motivate me to like capture that. Um, but on the other hand, I like to uh, do an expression of technique because it's like, oh, this part in this would look really good. Like I know I could, you know, nail that part. Mm -hmm. So it'd be kind of an expression of technique. But I'd say it starts off with the, uh, expression, with the expression of yeah, uh, or inspiration. Inspiration, yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. See, and I that because uh, I was kind of. <clears throat> Whenever I got to this point, whenever I was like thinking of questions, I was thinking like martial arts style, you know, because you got the guy that, you know, he's, he punches the board a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And then the one time it comes to like punching a person, he punches it perfectly. And oh, so yeah. it's like, well, he was inspired to punch the, the board a yeah. thousand times. Yeah. You know? I mean, but that's, then it's an expression of technique because yes. he knocked the dude out. Yeah. You know, so it's like a weird, mm -hmm. like there's like, and, and I definitely feel like art and, well, really anything that takes skill, technique, inspiration, all these things, like, combined together, yeah. you know? It's like, I guess that was probably a bad question, because how can you really, like, di like yeah. define it out, I never you know? thought of it like that, but, um, yeah, definitely expression of technique. Are you thinking when you're painting? Um, like is it is it a pretty cerebral experience or is it more like visceral? Um, probably visceral. Uh, I I'll think about like I don't know. I'll just always know what I have to do next. So it's not like a whole. Maybe in some areas I'm like thinking a lot about like how I'm gonna do it. But sometimes it just flows and I don't really think. So you like listening to music? When yeah, you're doing it? yeah. yeah. Just I don't know what needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm doing this part of it. Nice. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. Like I'm always trying to look for stuff like that where I can lose myself mm -hmm. in it, and then what comes out is like more me than I could have expressed. Yeah, had I been trying to express myself, you totally. know, that's what's cool. When you find something, when you have uh, access to something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people in our society, in our world, who don't have a way of expressing yeah, themselves like definitely. that. You know, they, the only way that they can express themselves is uh, maybe Facebook yeah. or some, you know, lunchtime between their boss, like reaming their ass, you know, yeah. talking to a buddy. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, it's kind of sad. But it then is you, sad. And it's cool whenever you get to see people who, who, have pursued expressing themselves yeah. in the way that they most naturally feel, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of a crazy, it, it almost makes you sad for like the, like 99% of the population, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. And like a strange, maybe not sad, maybe sad is not the right word. I'm not, maybe. I don't know. Sometimes I'll envy like people who don't, have that expression but they're like super good at life and like uh -huh. you know like or, like went to graduated like college like super smart with like their you know I always joke with my buddy it's just like I don't know it's it's like one or the other like I don't know like so it's not like I don't feel totally bad for a lot of yeah. them <laughs> like Sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I, I wish I had it all it's together. Like, damn, they got in ground pool. <laughs> 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 nice. 
It's a brand yeah, new it, truck, yeah. dude. I'm yeah. like a brand new truck. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah, I hear that, man. Oh, that's funny. So, um, how do you like control your pace of um, of painting, or is there any like conscious control? Um, because uh, I imagine you got to worry about like carpal tunnel and yeah, and like, totally. like repetitive motion type shit. Right? Um, yeah, I like control my pace. It's usually like in the time frame I have it. Like you know, it's like you have a day like today, oh, so yeah, it's yeah. like so I'll just like roll with it and just like move, you know, a good pace, and then I kind of know. I'm always I, I don't know. I'm always usually just like people ask me how long I've left. I'm like, oh, like an hour, and it'll be like five hours later. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> but whenever it's like end of the line, like I usually like will speed up and kind of gauge, you know, uh-huh. know what I need to do. Yeah, that's me, man. My wife. Like anytime I'm especially working with my cousin, manual labor mm-hmm. or something like that, it's always longer than you think. Always. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll be home in 45 minutes, yeah. you know, and then it's like four hours later. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, babe, I've still got two hours. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it's like, how did I misgauge that so much? But yeah. it's like the the finishing of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you make these huge strides and you get all this stuff and then it's like the finishing it's takes hard. like so much time. Yeah. I, I mean, that, I'm bad with that a lot. Like my drawings, like 90% of my drawings are just unfinished. Like I got, I spent so much time and then I'm just like, just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just did like that. Yeah. Finishing something's like a whole different mm. animal. That's so weird, man. Yeah, because it's the same thing like with anytime I'm writing something. Mm-hmm. I can get it to that last, I can get it most of the way done. And then it's that last little bit. Yeah. It's like tying up the edges or something. Definitely. It just takes. Mm-hmm. And that's where really like the, um, I feel like uh, the Amish or like a woodworker has like a huge advantage, you know? Because mm-hmm. they're like, no, you you finish that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? And sometimes with like drawing or painting, like I get like the inspiration to do something and then I'll get far enough into it where like I let it out and it's like ah oh, and then it's just like well, I need to finish it but I mean I already like I already kind of got what I wanted from it Ooh. so like you know it's like yeah, it really doesn't that, matter. that's the hard thing too because that's one of the questions I have where is it okay the relationship of the consumer and pr- the producer mm-hmm. because I've had this argument with several people got argument I mean I don't know if it was an argument, maybe discussion. <laughs> yeah. um, it's like, what's the point of art? Like, what's the point of you sitting down to a piece of paper? Yeah. My assertion is the person seeing it, not you. Yeah. So really, really the value of the art is less in the person creating the art and more so in the consumer who is seeing the art. Yeah. That's actually where the magic happens. Yeah. You know? it's, like, uh, it's like a comedian standing on stage delivering jokes. Mm-hmm. If there's no one there to laugh, then the joke's not funny. Yeah. You know? If there's no one there to see the painting at the end of it, the yeah. painting isn't beautiful. Yeah, I, th- I guess so in a way. But, I mean, there is a lot of, like, beauty in creating it, like, for oh, no. yourself. But, yeah, uh, and seeing that, that's where the digression always, like, gets mm-hmm. in because it's like, no, it's, you paint it even if somebody never sees it. Yeah. then you got, like, uh, who is it? Uh, Mary Shelley, I think, was the author. Frankenstein. Yeah, and she wrote all of her books and she never published any of them. Yeah. Until she died and then they found them. Mm-hmm. And people published them after she was yeah. dead. She never had any intent on publishing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
shit, this bitch was cranking out like all time yeah. classics and she's just sticking them under her bed. Yeah. Can you imagine that kind of like uh, internalization real, of being able to like do something that yeah. great and then you just... Man, you gotta like appreciate the honesty away. in that though. Ooh. She's super honest with Yeah, like, that's true. Her expression, like she didn't, it didn't even matter. I mean, that's probably like, the rawest form, mm-hmm. the truest form of mm-hmm. like... <laughs> Doing something like that, I don't know. Well, and it's also like um, almost a slap in the face for like, because I always think of these guys like um, I can't think of any. I wouldn't think I wouldn't say any specific examples, but somebody or like take me for an example. Oh yeah, you're a writer. Oh, you're a writer. Great. <laughs> you know you're working on some stuff. Yeah, I've been working on some stuff. And you got somebody right around the corner. Who doesn't say a word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just lets it fall. Like, okay, yeah, you're a writer. You know, yeah. it's like Mary Shelley or somebody <laughs> who can like destroy. You know, somebody who goes really hard and is really talented, yeah. but just chooses not to express it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's a, it's it's a it's a weird. And I mean, I I don't want anybody to be a show pony. Yeah, and, totally. and that that's not you know that's why I say it was a conversation or argument or whatever. I'm like taken. More of a hardline philosophical stance, yeah. Just to discuss it and, and suss it out, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely digressed and lost my point <laughs> completely. But the the thing I had underlined was the consumer producer relationship. Mm-hmm. Hmm, eighty percent, twenty percent. Damn, I don't know. I don't know where I was going. Do you know where I was going with that? Uh, Probably not. Yeah, you might. Well, it's just like the beauty within where it's like, does it lie in like the consumer? Does the consumer make oh, it beautiful oh, or does... Oh, that's yeah. it. That's and it. With the Mary Shelley, she's doing it all for herself. Right, right, right. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? What um, do you think about that? Because um, what's cool about your, your art, yes, you're being commissioned to do it. Mm-hmm. Somebody's paying you to do it. But the people who are consuming it aren't the ones that are paying. Yeah. That's what I think is so cool about yeah, it. Yeah, that's it's, it's like a public work. Mm-hmm. It, it's a work for the public. It's yeah. a work for the common man. Definitely. You know, not like this elitism of like shoving it away in a in a Smithsonian. Yeah. You know, for only the elites. Yeah. You know, it's a common man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that's what I think is so beautiful. Like one of the things that I thought was so beautiful about seeing these huge murals. Yeah. Is like you're literally, you're not doing it for free. But you're giving it away for free. Yeah. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's, you know? I never really thought of it like that. That's... Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and and I wish that model... So this is one thing I was thinking about with like Bad Magic. Mm-hmm. It's a bu- brilliant model, even though it got rained out this year. Yeah. Which was still all fun. Yeah. It was still a good event. Definitely. I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I drink too much, I always end up learning more about myself yeah. than, <laughs> than I think, you know? But, um, uh, so one of the things I like about that model is, and one of the reasons that, you know, we, uh, uh, myself and Critical Mass Bomb City got a booth together was because I wanted to support it. I wanted to, hey, I'll throw some money towards this happening because then it is free to the consumer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now all of these people are coming to the park free of, free of charge. Mm Mm-hmm. But we got to cover that cost yeah. so that something like that can happen. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't necessarily be the consumer covering that cost. Yeah, it should definitely. be the vendors covering yeah. the cost. You know, mm-hmm. and even like the bands on stage, 
that cost should be covered by the vendors. Yeah. You know, get people out there. Maybe I sell a t-shirt, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's a cool model. And yeah. that's what it seems like for, for mural work. It's like, I'm going to cover the cost yeah. of you doing it. So, uh, but then you know, everybody can consume yeah. it for free. Yeah, that's how cool things happen, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of the same model. I never really looked at it in the eye like that, but um, yeah, it's definitely like that. Mm. Yeah, and I can't really quite figure out what what do you think is the um, the artist's role in popular culture? Because you know you, you recently did a mural for Hayden Pedigo for his run for city council. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. vote for Pedigo. You know, or what did it say? Vote for Pedigo. Uh, no not, one, not, not for sale. Not for sale. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it said. Not for sale. Um, what do you think the role of an artist is in something like that? Uh, I don't know. Just to get it up, like, um, I don't know, like, that a lot of people wouldn't, like, a lot of people wouldn't, like, trust themselves in painting or something like that. So I guess my role is, like, okay, I'm the guy who does this, so I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's pretty much it. I don't really like the question of, like, what's the role of an artist in society? Like, I don't know. I don't really think of it, like, that deeply and philosophically yeah just kind of like i do this so i do it like, yeah you know? yeah you're kind of like that's that is your thing you can put forth mm-hmm. for the cause yeah it's like totally. your your contribution is well i can paint a big ass picture on a yeah. wall for you you know like yeah. it's like i'm gonna do whatever i can do i can do that yeah yeah it's like it's like with creepy or the creepy crawl six uh-huh. creepy crawl uh-huh. i did that uh i did the painting for him and there's no charge just like you know this is my I can do this and yeah. like, I'll be happy to do it because I think it's a cool like cause you know for like you know creepy crawl but uh huh um yeah and I agree that is kind of a shitty question because I think that the best artists are not conscious of what they're contributing yeah. to society I think whenever you you start getting a uh, there's a certain note of pretentiousness mm-hmm. in somebody who says and that that I think that's probably the problem with our political climate at the moment is like let me tell you yeah let me tell you how this works <laughs> yeah let me tell you what to think mm-hmm. let me tell you why you should vote this way or yeah whatever. it's pretentious yeah you know? it's like uh condescending in a sense yeah you, know? you can get there I mean it's not like that it's like a shitty question it's just uh I mean it really is a great question you know like what is the role of like an, I don't I mean, like I think I might be twisting the question at this point but mm-hmm. uh, oh twist um, twist away <laughs> um, I don't know I don't really think that de- it reminds me of like you know like first semesters of drawing in like college there's like just a bunch of like art students mm. sometimes they get like <laughs> so you know they would just like be like what is art like you know just go way too far it's like man just draw something yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know for me it's just like there's not, you don't have to, there's not, you don't have to put that much to it. Like, you just kind of do Ooh, it. Like, almost the beauty is the simplicity of it. Yeah, like, totally. It's like, the reason I drew uh, this picture was because I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is valuable to the society without it being like a philosophical. Like, yeah, totally. Well, with the right word, there'd be like, uh, I can't think of the right word. There's a right word there for like. Ah, uh, I lost it. Sometimes, sometimes words come. Sometimes yeah, they don't come. You yeah. know. Um, 
but yeah, I agree with you, man. It's like, uh, like one of the, one of the things that I like about an artist role is seeing something in a way that other people don't see it. Mm -hmm. So you see a blank sheet of paper and you're able to see something that I cannot see. Mm-hmm. You know, your hand, like, see, like, bring something into existence that I can't see. So yeah. part of the question isn't as pompous as it sounded. It was like, it's like, I think the part of the role for an artist in society is to bring things that others cannot see yeah. into, like, a reality totally. to where I can then perceive it and, and uh, maybe... Not even in like a challenging sense. Well, it does yeah. challenge me because I'm like, how the hell can he see that <laughs> and I can't see that? You know, yeah. like, is there something I can see that no one else can see? It's mm-hmm. like a push, it's a drive, yeah. you know? And like, that's why one of the things that's so cool about when you were saying, well, I started looking at these other people and mm-hmm. seeing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, shit, I can do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, it, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, like you said, the snowball starts building. Yeah. And it's a cultural snowball. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it sucks up artists. It sucks up uh, businessmen. Yeah. It sucks up everybody. And at the end of it, you just have this big mesh of everybody shoved together. Mm-hmm. And, and you call it America. I guess, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just a snowball rolling down the hill. Mm-hmm. But, um... Let's see here. Um, all right, I'm just going to mark out the rest of that question. Why? We, we, we just decided it was all shit. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so, uh, one of, and I guess this is kind of maybe along the same lines, um, but how is a drawn picture of somebody's face prettier than that person's face? Um, sometimes it's not. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not. I, I guess it was like, um, whenever I was thinking about it, it was all just kind of like, uh, well, one of, and, and this has nothing to do with uh, the person you drew it of, but I saw your the picture of Felix, mm-hmm. the pencil, pencil drawing, yeah. and it was kind of one of those things like seeing it in pencil mm-hmm. and seeing how, how detailed, how yeah. like... I mean, it appeared to be obsessive yeah. to me. Like that, <laughs> yeah. whenever I looked at it, the first thing I thought in my head was obsessive. Yeah, like that's it's beautiful. Good... Then that's the beautiful aspect. So yeah. it's like, you, but you see that, and it makes you, it draws you in in a different way than maybe even seeing that same guy like walk past yeah, you in the street. Definitely. You know, it's like a weird. It was like a weird thing, mm-hmm. weird experience I had with it. Yeah, that's really cool. That's kind of, I guess, just like the magic to it. It's mm. like, Bringing, I remember I did a commission for the, this woman, and I drew her father who, I, her father died like many years ago, but um, I drew the picture and uh, she like she was like crying and she said um, she's like you know whenever somebody dies you never get to take like you never get another photograph, but it, but then she's like but this feels like a new photograph. Oh. And like it meant a whole lot to her, and I was like, I never, I'll never forget that. Like, wow, hey, that's, that's really cool. Like, yeah, and I, I guess maybe that was partially my question too. Is like with the with photography. Mm-hmm. I mean, with cell phones and all this stuff like blowing up the way they are. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you know, and there's always alarmist people out there. There's oh well, the artist's job is done. You yeah, know, the artist will never, yeah. you know. But it's like there is something different. Yeah. Between a photo, like a photograph, mm-hmm. and a drawn picture. Definitely. I don't know what it is, you know. Yeah. But they like even whenever I see it, like I, 
I'm drawn more so to the picture that was drawn versus the picture yeah, that was actually taken. Definitely. And you know, maybe some people aren't. They're just like, maybe they do believe that. And it's like, that's, that's a reality in their world. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely am with you. I don't like agree. It's like definitely different. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, all right, let's switch gears. I'm going to ask you a few questions. So 22 years old, talented artist. Thank you. <laughs> At the prime of your life or beginning of the prime of your life. Why are you still in Amarillo? Um, I don't know. I, well, I was living in Dallas for a while, and I kind of was on that bug of like, I'm gonna, you know, go like far and, you know, different locations and stuff. Um, I don't know, I was like, I enjoyed my time in Dallas, and then whenever uh, my time was up there, I was gonna, I was with my uh, brother Frank, trying to get like a place in Austin and I don't know I kind of when we were like doing that you know the idea of coming back to Amarillo didn't sounded really nice to me so you know and it's like you know with this internet age you can really do you can really do anything from anywhere like mm. I don't know like one Amarillo uh is cheaper and you know oh yeah it's a lot cheaper and um Personally, I love Amarillo, but it's kind of like what Hayden says that I really agree with. It's like, um, you know, you can do, like, look at the stuff he's doing from Amarillo. Oh, like, yeah. You know, and it's like he makes the point of, like, you can do anything in Amarillo that you can do anywhere. And it's like, that's really true, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I would like to go off in, like, these cool places and do stuff, but I'm not in, like, any hurry because, I, you know, I have everything I need to do here. You know, I can paint anything. I can paint something and share it all around the world in, like, two seconds, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I like Amarillo, and I actually, I think it it's, should be more attractive mm -hmm. to the young people. Whenever yeah. I ask that question, it's kind of, I try to present it pessimistically. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Being a loser in Amarillo. <laughs> but actually, it's one of those things, man, like, <clears throat> to me... You might go to L.A. Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, I'm going to go in one of the most crowded, yeah. most competitive, mm -hmm. most, you know, like difficult to get recognized yeah. as an individual markets mm -hmm. for what I'm doing to be better at what I'm doing. Yeah. Whenever it's like, or you could work out of Amarillo and people from L.A. Yeah. You know? Say, oh, well, I'm hitting this guy. Like, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. pay him to come out to L.A. Definitely. and paint this for me. You know, that's you know? really all there is to I mean, I guess you do, like, if you are in L.A., like, doing that, you know, you could meet. You actually have, like, the factor of oh, meeting yeah, and being yeah. around people mm -hmm. and you get, like, social equity kind of thing. Definitely, like, you know, that's, you can't argue with that. Yeah. But I definitely, it's like, I don't know, a lot comes from just, yeah, like, you see, you see it on the internet. Like, are you much of a road tripper? Uh, yeah. Or do you fly when you go places? Um... Usually drive. I mean, yeah. I don't mind it. It's cheaper. Yeah, well, see, that's uh, that's one of the things I've realized, <clears throat> like, kind of living or growing up here, is I drive everywhere. I'm hardly ever hopping on a plane. But I'm driving up to Denver. I can drive down to Austin. I can mm -hmm. drive to Dallas. I can drive to El Paso. Yeah. I can go anywhere in New Mexico. You know, like, and I typically end up feel like I mostly go, like, west of Amarillo driving. Yeah, yeah. But there's a huge range that you can get to eight hours yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people down Amarillo, like you're in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. but you're in the middle of a lot of somewheres. Yeah. 
which is kind of nice, Uh you know? Like, uh, I always have friends that want to move up to, they want to move to a place and they say, you know, once I get there. Yeah. I'll I'll rock climb all the time. Yeah. Once I get there. Totally. You know? Oh, man, I'd be running. I'd be in great shape if I lived there. You know, I'd be a, you know, all these things, like, you almost start to build up. And then it's like, why don't you do it? now yeah totally why don't you become that now you know like why don't you pursue that aspect of who you want to be that's so true and seeing amarello doesn't give you any like um you know the scene in fight club have you seen fight club yeah you watch it um you know at the very beginning when whenever they're starting project mayhem and they're starting to let space monkeys into the house. Yeah. And the first one comes up and he's standing on the front porch. Mm-hmm. Tyler walks out and he's like, nah, yeah. you're too young, whatever. Peace uh-huh. out, leave. And he walks inside and he's like, look, if they stay on the porch for three days yeah. with no encouragement, no water, yeah. no shelter, then we let them in. You yeah, know? Yeah, and that's what I feel like Amarillo <laughs> is. No food, no water, no encouragement. Yeah. Like, you feel like you're on this island by yourself. Yeah. And... And it really makes you like, it really makes you focus in and dial in on what you are doing. Definitely. Who are you? And that's yeah. why there's so many individuals uh-huh. in Amarillo because it forces that out of Definitely. you. Definitely. You get a Hayden Pedigo. It's like a, it's like a forge, you know, like you have to have this super hot forge mm-hmm. that melts everything. And in the end, everything is destroyed yeah. in order to get a sword out of it Definitely. or something. But you know? You know, I don't even know if I would be like drawing and doing this if I like was born and like raised in like a really big city you know like the reason I started drawing was you know just getting so bored out like, mm-hmm. like nothing to do no car I live in Bushland Texas yeah. and like you know like my brother would draw and be like well that, that's cool like that looks cool and he just uh, like always tried to like make it better and yeah. doing that and even with like the starting like mural painting it was just like really bored one day like I bet I could do that and I'm just like the bore like the level of boredom is like a perfect formula <laughs> To start doing something mm-hmm. like that, like, I don't know. It's like challenging. It, yeah. Boredom becomes challenging. And yeah. whenever you're in a place where it it's, uh, everybody moves to a place because they don't want to ever be bored. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, some of, if I ever accomplish anything brilliant, it will be sitting quietly bored. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, it, it's not going to be at top golf. You know, yeah, or, you know, certainly. that's like, that's like everybody's reason to leave Emerald. It's like nothing to do here. Like if I move to Austin, I can, you know, go out do this and that. It's like, I don't know, not necessarily. Like, I've, I've been, I've spent a lot of time in Austin. Mm-hmm. And like there are those things cost a lot of money. One, two, it's just like, um, yeah, you won't, you kind of lose that like precious gift of having nothing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like looking in yourself. Yeah. Like. Uh, looking at people in like Austin and Dallas, like yeah, sure, you're really cool, like quote unquote cool, but I don't know, it's like kind of like surface level to me. Like you've yeah. never really like been there. What? But, like, I don't know. They've never been. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Oh, they've they've, they've never been, you know, in that place. They don't know what it's like they, to where know, to where you it's... literally are like nobody cares about me. <laughs> yeah. I'll never mean anything. No one will ever see me. I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna. Know. Die in Amarillo, <laughs> Texas, with no one ever, you know. Yeah. Like uh, I've had so I had so much depression, not actual depression, not like real depression, but like depressed thoughts, thinking that I was a nobody, and then I realized 
I am a nobody, <laughs> yeah. you know, because nobody is anybody in Amarillo, mm-hmm. you know. I um, I went to a show that Hayden invited me to. I think I've told this on the podcast, but I bet nobody has ever listened to all my podcast, so I can tell it again. <laughs> yeah, and, and probably get a get a fresh ear. <laughs> but um, I went to this show. Riley Walker came through town. Yeah, and I went out to that show, and there was like hardly anybody there. And he killed it. His band was super good. I mean, there was like maybe eight people there. And mm-hmm. the whole time, I'm just like embarrassed for Amarillo. Yeah. I'm like, man, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. We got to get out of here. We got to show some support. They didn't give a shit. You know, Riley, at the end of the show, he was like, no, this is a great set, man. Everybody's paying attention. Yeah. It was like a good vibe. Like, we got to try some stuff out, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of freedom, I feel like, probably for those guys. But yeah. Got to talking uh, to some of the other Amarillo people there, and um, one of them was like, yeah, I was just at a show. I think it was Keegan Hollis was telling me. He said he was at a show like a week before, and some girl was coming through L- from L.A. Mm-hmm. She was like at the, playing at the 806, yeah. and no one gave a shit. Yeah. Everybody in there, people were on their phones, people were talking, <laughs> yeah. people were, you know, whatever. No, nobody's paying attention. And this girl's like selling out places in L.A., yeah. and she's like, she's a big thing. Yeah. But she's not shit in Amarillo. You know, no one's no the same. And like the people who aren't there or not paying attention are the same people who are like nothing to do. With yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. It's just like it's really, really strange. It's so strange, man. But I kind of like it. Like mm-hmm. the more I've seen it, the more I've been around it. It's like um, I feel like anybody could come to the Golden Light. And they're going to get ignored. Yeah. Just like everybody else. It's, unless, sad. Unless, it is embarrassing. It, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's also kind of like a little bit of a badge of honor. Yeah. Because like, so since we got rained out at, at Sam Houston, mm-hmm. um, Luis mm-hmm. was like, we're setting up in front of Golden Light. We're yeah. setting up chop in front of Golden Light. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, whatever you want to do, I'll support you in it. I'll, I'll stand anywhere. Yeah. You know? So we set up... We set up in front of Golden Light, and at one point, I'm standing there, and I'm like, it's it's wild to me that a group of random people inside a bar, mm-hmm. I probably knew 40 people. Yeah. Not from knowing, not, we were, we're not a group of friends, mm-hmm. but I knew 40 people in there, yeah, at least. Definitely. You know, could have a conversation with, and it was like. Would that, I don't know if that happened in Dallas yeah. or LA or mm-hmm. like different places where literally anytime there's a random group of people, I probably know four or five people yeah. in that group, you yeah, know? Like, really yeah, it, it's so, it's kind of like, and I don't know, man. I, now I'm kind of getting to the point where I, I almost, I, maybe I'm expecting it. Yeah. Maybe I'm expecting to know like a group of people. So yeah. it gives me like some sort of like false confidence, you know? Like yeah. I go out and I'm like, shit, I can do what, I, you know, like I can act how I want because yeah. half the people there are going to be like, ah, it's just Dexter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there is a, like, it's, it's cool to have that aspect. And like, you know, sometimes like I really like that. Sometimes like, you know, I hate that. It's like, man, I wish, mm. that's, I remember like moving away to Denton. I was so, I was kind of in that mindset. I'm like, man, it was like, I can't even go anywhere without like, you know, you already, you know, people like, I don't know. And then like, uh, being away from that for a while was nice to like get the other part of that. But then coming back to him, we're like, I really like that, you know. And maybe it's a that's small like, town. yeah, maybe that's like kind of like staying in your comfort zone or whatever. But you know, that is, I like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. Uh, yeah, me too. All right, I'm gonna hit you with two more questions. Um, we're at an hour oh five right now, so um, actually three. I got three. 
First, why is Bushland so weird? Um, it's just, or do you think it's weird? Uh, yeah, it is weird. Especially our conversations kind of like opened up. Like, yeah, it is kind of weird. I don't know. It's well, just, I've had like Tim Ingles, mm-hmm. Savannah Gates oh, on yeah. the podcast. I'm oh, really? to think I've had other I've had other Bush Bushland people. Yeah, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but it's just like there's all these people that are that are like radically different yeah. individuals mm-hmm. you know all from the same like very small place yeah. you know but um, i don't know i just didn't know if you had any insight into um maybe it's kind of that it is a small town and kind of just like that i don't know you kind of like look inward on yourself more than you mm-hmm. would if you like a huge place you know and I guess it has the chance of, like, everyone being the same, you know, like, yeah. the kind of generalization. But I feel like in a lot of cases, it was, like, you know, people kind of looking inward on their soul. Like, they have the opportunity to do that. Like, a lot of individuality comes out of that. And um, it's, like, a really honest uh, sense of it. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of get, like, all these different kind of people. Right, right. Yeah, I, I would say there is a lot of, like, the same... You know, there are, like, some groups of the same... Like, there uh, is the, the Bushlandite, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people don't stay in Bushland, either. Like, yeah, that's true. It's gone. Peace out. Yeah. Um, and then it's blown up recently, so I don't even know if the old Bushland exists anymore, because yeah. of all that development out there. And, I mean, it's getting, it's, yeah, it's, it's getting like there. the population has shot quite, yeah. quite a bit up there. Um... You got some plugs? Um, I don't. I don't. Do you know. not have a website? I actually just made a website. Okay, like, I was about to say because yeah. I, I read in one of your posts, you said something like website coming twenty nineteen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I and then I was like looking, I was like I couldn't find. Yeah. I, what, yeah what's the, the, what's I, the name of the website? I have a website. Um, I used to have a website and I didn't have any more because I was like, what's the point? And then. I don't know, I guess you have to have a website. So okay. I finally <laughs> yeah, I made the website. It's just called MalcolmBuyers.art. But it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I just, I don't know how to design. Like, I'm not into, like, designing like that. Like, yeah. I get impatient. I'm just like, I want it simple, black and white. Which I guess it is, like, if you go there. But, yeah, that's my plug. MalcolmBuyers.art. <laughs> nice. Well... <laughs> That's uh, I'm a pretty big advocate for for having your own website because if not, then you're giving all these other like Instagram has a lot of content of yours mm-hmm. that they are using for free yeah. to advertise shit to people that want to see you. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. instead of them going to your website. Mm-hmm. And you owning that content. Yeah, you know? that's true. And not necessarily in like a consumeristic sense saying you need to be making money that Instagram's making. But Instagram doesn't necessarily need to be making that money off mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that's kind of like my big push is like I wish we would get more into like right. And I mean I'm the worst about it. If I get on the internet, the first thing I check is Facebook. Yeah. You know, to, to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? I wish we could take that back. Like, yeah, you just, I guess I have fallen victim to that. I mean, you're right. Like that's that is. It would be cool to take that back. And, yeah, it's yeah. ours. Yeah, you know, if I want to see what's going on in Amarillo, I go to this website, mm-hmm. and I don't give a shit about anybody's opinions, comments, whatever. You know, yeah. I, I just go here and I see this. You know, and, and what 
Instagram or our Facebook, it almost gives like a, a false. I don't know. I can't really figure. I can't have a minute to figure it out. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, put words to it. Yet, yeah. But but I think I think we need to take it back, man. Yeah. I think we need to take back and get more of our own personal websites. Yeah, that's 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 good. Create our own networks mm-hmm. instead of this like illusion of social network. Yeah. It's no. It's an individual network. Yeah. It is Malcolm Byers' network. Yeah. It is Dexter's network. Yeah. You know, I don't share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. Share it with people that give a shit about me. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. I don't know. I, I haven't quite figured it out. I probably need to figure <laughs> out what I'm saying more so before I start saying it. But, um, and then the last question is how do you define success? Um, can be general, can be specific. Uh, I guess, I mean, success is really, like, you know, I guess it's, like, the obvious one is, like, you know, like, financial success, mm-hmm. like, for yourself, which is largely important to success, but um, I you definitely have to be passionate about what you're doing and, like, you know, like, kind of kind of know that's what you want to be doing, but I don't know. I think success is being just successful at what you like to do, you mm-hmm. know? I don't really have a good, cool answer for that. I've been I've been trying like I've been one of the reasons I decided that question to end the show with was because I don't ever like I never felt like I had a good answer for it. Yeah. So it was like, what is the question? And I'm continually asking myself, and and a lot of times I you know, but what it's like turned into for me is actually has little to do with what. I'm putting out and more so to do with what is being given to me. Mm-hmm. So like the love from my wife, the mm-hmm. love from my kid. Yeah. You know, like I'm not putting that out. Yeah. I'm receiving that. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, shit, man, success right there. Yeah. I need to make sure right. that I cultivate that and I like grow that. And secure that. And secure know? it. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's the thing I need to be uh, hitching my, hitching my boat to. Yeah. That's totally. what saying, you know, yeah. but, um, yeah, that's a hard question, man. At 22, there's no chance I would have been able to answer. You know, <laughs> there's no. Chance. I'd have been, I'd have been reaching for, uh, for some, for, uh, yeah, somewhere. Do what know. makes you happy. Yeah, do what makes you happy. Well, I mean that. If if you start, I wish that that was more people's answers because, in reality, anytime you start pursuing consumeristic means of like measuring your own success mm-hmm. you're like setting yourself up for failure yeah. almost in a sense yeah you know? definitely it's like it's uh, not be how you expect yeah it, it, it will never yeah you know it never reaches your expectations mm-hmm. nothing in life does you could you could have the biggest nicest best of everything mm-hmm. and still be a miserable turd you yeah know? totally all right man you got a musical uh song to our i have a musical song what other kind of song? There might be a, a non-musical song, but do you have uh, like a song you want to close the podcast uh, out with? I don't know. It could be something you're currently bumping, an all-time favorite. Um, I don't know. I should have thought about this. I know. I should do a better job of like prompting my guests yeah. beforehand. Um, lately, I've been listening to a lot of like rap music. <laughs> like... Uh, um, Vince Staples. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which which song from? You want to um, play one of his? Yeah, do the. He just his new album FM. It's summer, so play. Uh, Feels like summer by Vince Staples. All right. That'd be a good one. 
It is starting to feel like summer. Yes, it is. We've had like a little bit of a of a weird weather pattern. Yeah, it's been a hell of a spring for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been wild. My whole fence—I don't know if you saw it. I don't know which way you approached my house. Yeah, but this whole fence is like, like <laughs> wave, dude. From that day, we had the eighty mile an hour. Yeah, my trampolines nice. all like demolished yeah. and stuff. I get a call, man. I'm at work, and uh, Shannon calls me and says, "Hey, um, so our trampolines." In our neighbor's power lines. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I was on a fire truck and I had four other guys. We, like, darted over here and oh, nice. ran. It was all the way down the alley, like, seven houses down, yeah. just wadded up in the middle <laughs> of the alley. I was like, damn, dude, this is my uh, yeah, Amarillo, was, Texas for you. It's so, that was, I've never experienced a windier day. No. And it's cool because, like, all around Amarillo, you have, like, street signs of ski. Yeah. Like, I love that. I'm like, I hope they never fix it because it's, like, it kind of uh, just, like, encapsulates Amarillo. It's just, like, kind of wonky, like, wind blowing. <laughs> like, I was talking with my girlfriend about that. And it's, even some of the salty like, signs a little crooked. Dude, that's a good point, man. Yeah. I've never thought of that. Everything is wonky Amarillo. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if you have a, like, most fences are a little wonky. Yeah. The wind and the, totally. yeah, damn, I never even thought about that. <laughs> right on, man. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Totally. Thanks for having me. And uh, until next time, uh, well, actually, I mean, so this is Vince Staples, Feels Like Summer. Hopefully you enjoy. And, uh, re- oh, we forgot to plug your Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Check out Malcolm Byers on, is it just at Malcolm Byers? It's uh, Malcolm underscore Byers. Oh, Malcolm yeah. underscore Byers. I'll have links in the description notes to this, but definitely check out the Instagram, check out all the work. The new and, website. Yeah, the <laughs> new website, and uh, and throw some work this guy's way, man. Yeah. Uh, if Amarillo people, you got to get them out there and like make this place look a little prettier mm-hmm. so we have a little bit better curb appeal. Yeah. You know, that's the whole goal. So, all right, until next time, peace. Amber day vibe month it is. Yeah, man. It just feels like summer. Yes, you know what I'm saying? It always feels like summer in the neighborhood, man. Where you get a chance to come in, you get a chance to lay back, you get a chance to laugh, you get a chance to chill. Best believe that, man. And being that it always feels like summer, let's go ahead and make you feel like summer. Summertime in the LB wild. We gon' party to the sun or the guns come out. JB first one fouled out playing ball. Now the whole city love you a how. But we know they wasn't down from the get go. Dirty got a dozen rounds, better get low. Lil Johnny gave his life for the street. All he got was a plot and a bottle from the wind coat. Still no side, park side, been stole. Two wins, no friends, we skipped those. Troughing that's in my way in the heaven, might hit that gate, might fall from a great splat. On the concrete, real street runner. First month still feel like summer. Cold weather won't stop, no gunner, wrong hat, wrong day, I kill my brother Ay, Summertime in the LB, no it ain't shit, the bro, nigga gon' tell me now Drop top with the top down, now the bad shit is gon' feel me now Ay, oh, 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 yeah Scared money don't make money, Hey, white man won't take from it Hey, white fans at the Coachella Hey, never been touched, niggas know better Hey, same way since summer school, baby J Either I'ma make the news or I'll make a play Pass a list of house, coulda took a different route Wouldn't be without, think about it every day Moved on life fast like that Still struggle with the past, I ain't strapped Somebody gotta watch my back 
Everybody wanna count my bag Ease off me, these streets taught me Speak softly, please don't taunt me Knowing Vic and them stayed on 8th If they ain't give me, then I'd be great Now they looking at me Summertime in the LB No, it ain't the bro Nigga gon' tell me now Drop top with the top down now All the bad bitches gon' feel me now Feels like summer in the neighborhood of being that it feels like summer. Let's do this, man. Let's go outside. Hey.